Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Coffee and Cream with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. Pitch. Breaking ball, hit in the air. Deep right center field up the alley. This ball is going to be gone. It just clears over the out-of-town scoreboard. And Bryce Harper with his 11th home run of the season. It's a two-run shot. And the Phillies are in front. It's 2-1. to one. The three twos. We're going to high fly ball. Left field. Way back in left. Gone! He did it again. <laughs> Got another curveball, and for the second time tonight, he did not miss. Here's the set in the pitch. He sends a drive. High, deep to right. Bounce back, track, wall, goal! Swing and a high fly ball. Deep left field. Jones back to the track at the wall. Gone! The first homer in the major leagues for Oslamis Basabi is a grand slam. And it caps a nine run eight. You know, I haven't checked Major League Baseball's scoreboard lately because all I ever see are L's in the Cardinals column, so I just have decided not to look at the Major, Major League, League Baseball. Baseball scores. That's correct. I, have, I just decided not to. Um, and so as those highlights were going, I was kind of just scrolling through, like, oh, I wonder who won that game. And I'm like, oh, yeah, must be nice for the Dodgers to <laughs> win again. Like, oh, must be nice for that team to win again. Yeah, no, the Cardinals lost again. And you know what's funny is Wainwright was on the bump, and I asked this question to DB mm-hmm. last week. Wainwright is only two wins away from career number 200. Mm-hmm. That's how we got on that list when you showed up that day for your podcast yep. of the amount of pitchers yeah. that are you know in the top 10 of career wins, mm-hmm. active pitchers right now. Wainwright is two away. He has since lost to the Oakland A's. Not great. And the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm sorry, the Royals and the Pittsburgh Pirates. I think he still has the A's on the docket. Still not great. Does he get to 200 knowing that he only has roughly, let's just say, four starts left? Does he win two out of four down the stretch? Are the baseball gods on Wainwright's side, or is he going to finish his career below 200? God, his numbers are bad this year. They are not Like, really bad. great. 
Um, man, I gotta say no. I mean, his ERA is almost nine. <laughs> his WHIP is almost two. Shane. I don't need to hear it, buddy. I don't need to hear it. His WHIP is almost two. I just, I, I don't see it. Unless he, you know, is able to push the sun back up into the sky for a. You think he could? You I think no, Wainwright could. I really see that guy. I don't. He did sing the national anthem this year on opening day. I mean, he's forty-one, and Father Time seems to have won this battle. I, I don't, I don't see it happening. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll we'll keep everybody in the loop because I'm sure all, all of Husker Nation, all of Blue Jay Nation, all of uh, Maverick Nation are overly curious as to what happens to Adam Wainwright well, down the stretch of this season. You know, it's kind of a bummer for him because he's got three seasons in his 30s where he starts less than 10 games mm-hmm. or 10 <laughs> games or less. It's like that probably was the spot you needed to pick up your two. Yeah, but, I mean, give the Cardinals credit. They gave him every opportunity to win games. I mean, yeah, the I mean, Pirates. He's, he's got 17 starts this year, and he probably shouldn't be pitching anymore. Yeah. Like, let's be real here. I mean, here. they played they, – what they should have done – and what, what can you really think? I mean, you're playing the Royals. Like, yeah, you'll probably start Wainwright against the Royals. The Cardinals scored eight runs that day, but uh, let's just be real. Wainwright did not pitch well that game either. I, no. You know what? Did he make it one inning against the Royals? Is that what it was? Yeah, he went one inning, nine made, hits, eight yeah. runs. Yeah, like that's not going to do it against the Royals. That's the thing. Like I just don't know if he's even going to make it the five innings to qualify for a win. Like that's the, the – even if they end up winning the game, yep. like that's the tricky part is he's getting shelled so badly early that like it's almost – if you're ahead after five and he's in the game, you almost have to pull him. Mm-hmm. immediately so there's even a shot that he gets a win and I just don't know that that's gonna happen well the only two teams that I think you could really snag a win against down the stretch of the season would be the Pirates again yeah which they have a three-game series in September and maybe a game against the Reds like that's like all I'm really thinking about right now with Wayno. Two divisional opponents, guys you've seen a lot. Yeah, Cincinnati's that's, that's, like in the hunt, though. They are in the hunt, but so they're, because they're in the division, it's yeah. not like the Orioles or the Phillies. There's some familiarity there. I don't really want to play the Brewers because they're atop the division. Yeah. Um, and right now he's lined up to go against Blake Snell Monday, August 28th. Not I, feeling I too I don't like your chances there, bud. So, I, you know what? I'm, Reds are prob- I'm leaning no. I'm leaning no right now, guys. You're right. The Reds are probably a second best opportunity, but no. I still don't think that's a great shot. I mean, the Pirates are the, the Pirates are right there with St. Louis in terms of record. They're out of the hunt, so they're probably not going super hard in terms of, like, scratching and clawing to win games down the stretch here. Where Cincinnati, they're a half game out of the wild card. They probably are. Like, they're going to – I find it highly unlikely they're – unless something just weird happens, right? Um, that's going to be tough. I don't, I don't think he's going to get there. Now, speaking of the Reds, Nick Kinnaman chimes in on YouTube. Eight days go Big Red. Mm. Eight days away I'm excited. from the college I'm excited. football season here in Nebraska. Did you know there were games this weekend? Like college football week yeah, zero games. Yeah, because it's yeah you got the week zero games. You right? got some action going on. Um, Love some action. You have a, a couple of SEC teams. I know. I know Vandy plays at least. And the funny reason why I know this is yesterday I stopped by with the boys down bad. The mm-hmm. Boys down bad podcast. Yeah. I went down to Lincoln, hung out with the guys, and uh, just a really good group of guys. Um, 
Definitely relatable to me because they're degenerates too. Sure, yeah. So they have a segment that they that they put together, and it, it, it was pretty similar to my build a parlay segment from my former sports betting podcast, mm-hmm. where everybody just gives a play and then they make a parlay and they see if it hits. Well, I was uh, I was confident coming in with my Hawaii pick. Okay, I, I was going with Hawaii plus seventeen and a half against Vandy. Doesn't seem like a Something that anybody would want to back, but if I tell you this, it probably would, right? Vandy at home since 2021 is 0-6 against non-con opponents to open the year. That gave me every inkling to say, I'm going to go with Hawaii. And then my guy Jordan to my right went before me and goes, I think I'm going to take Vandy. Oh, okay. And I go, no. So I had to change my pick, and I didn't really do a lot of prep for this weekend. I had my one pick, and I'm like, all right, I'm good. Didn't Mm -hmm. think. Um, anything really – I didn't think anybody would pick Hawaii. Sure. Well, it turns out they yeah. pick Hawaii a lot on that show, at least to <laughs> open the year. Um, so I should have done my research on the Boys Down Bad podcast sure. versus just my week zero research. So he went with Vandy. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to fade. I'm not a fader. So I'm going to ride. I'm going to ride and die with the Vandy pick. But I changed my pick to Ohio. I went with a little maxion. Ohio okay. money line. Um, and they San take Diego on State. San Diego yeah. State. So uh, we'll see. We'll you, see how that parlay turns out. I didn't do any research on Ohio. I had somebody that I knew play football there, um, like went to college there and played yeah. football. So I was like, all right, I'll just ride with Ohio for that reason. Did you get Not a little, really sure did you get a little plus a action on the, on the Bobcats there? Uh, plus 125. There you go. Yeah. All right. I think that's what we locked in as. Yeah, I mean, there's a, you know, Navy Notre Dame is kind of a fun game for the opening weekend for week zero. That's not mm-hmm. bad. There's not a lot to. I mean, this is a pretty sicko weekend, if we're being <laughs> honest here. It's, it's not great, yeah. but you know what? Those hungry yes. for some college football yeah. will be attached to the couch cushion yeah. and eyes on the television. Thank thank God the Pac-12 network's going out with a bang going San Jose State-USC in week zero. Huge win for I them. mean, I would We prob- have the over in that game as a part of that parlay. I'd probably watch that game if it weren't on the Pac-12 network, but uh, I guess I'll be watching Hawaii and Vanderbilt instead. <laughs> I'll be keeping a close eye on that too because if Hawaii covers, because it was Vandy to cover yeah. at, I think, 18. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got it at 17 here, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's at 18 I wouldn't hate places. 17. Uh, I, actually, I 17 and a half. It's okay. at 17 and a half. Well, maybe we buy down to 17. I think yeah, that was, maybe uh, by the I half think that point. was discussed. There you go. Um, but, yeah, that'll be a game I watch. The Ohio game I'll, I'll definitely watch. USC I'll check out because USC is, you know, a top, what yeah, are they, yeah, top 10 team six, in the nation. Yeah, there's um, – I, I, listen, I'm interested in USC. I just don't have the Pac-12 mm-hmm. network, and I'm not going right. to find it for <laughs> – Oh, you're not gonna you're not gonna go buy it. You're no. not gonna go uh, get Apple TV so that you can watch the Pac-12. I've got Apple TV, but I think this is specifically on the Pac-12 network. That would make sense. So just go to a bar. Yeah. You know uh, that game's gonna air at eleven. What time does that game? No, start? that game starts at seven. <laughs> oh, it does. Yeah. Wait, a West Coast game starts at seven? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's an afternoon start in the West Coast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just go to a bar. Yeah, I mean, that's prime dinner time. Yeah, that's probably well. It's a little early for me. <laughs> and you guys go out like that's all you guys do. That is too early it's for a little you. Early you for are on a Pac-12 <laughs> schedule. I was texting Robbie last night, and uh, we were just discussing a few things. And then I wanted to call you and fill you in on something. And you're like, "Hey, man, I'm at dinner." 
and I look at my clock. It was like eight. It was eight thirty, dude. It's like eight <laughs> forty, and I'm I'm like, wait a second, you're at dinner, yeah. and you're like, yeah, I'll call you when I'm done, and you didn't call me till like after nine. Yeah, it was like nine fifteen when I called. Bro, that's not dinner. That's dessert. <laughs> no, I like to eat late. Well, so a lot of times my wife gets done with work around seven ish, so we usually don't get out till at least seven thirty, and then. Yeah, it was a little later yesterday. Just, you know, we like to, I like to eat a little bit later too, because otherwise I get snacky before I go to bed. (laughs) And I'm trying not to get snacky before I go to bed. And so if I can wait for dinner a little bit longer, then I'm not hungry going to bed. It's a little, uh, little better situation for me. Yeah, you know what, man? Like, you go to bed early. Like, let me just tell you that right now. You go to bed early. Yeah, so, so I, I was actually in bed. Eating dinner at 8.45 <laughs> and you going to bed at 10? That I don't think you're going to ever fall into the trap of being hungry, well, even if you had dinner at 7. Well, you know, that's probably true. But if I have it much before 7, I do get snacky. So. Okay. And, yeah, I went to bed about 10, 10.30 last night. So, mm-hmm. you know. But, yeah, I, I don't know. We're, we're late eaters. We like to... We like to go out to eat. I don't know. We go out to eat a lot. Now, Jacksonville State UTEP is also on there. David Erickson on YouTube asks, is Smothers starting at Jacksonville State? Um, I believe he is backup. Ooh, yeah, I don't, I'm not I sure. I believe he's the backup for that let's team. Do a little, let's do a little but Google real quick. I'll be completely honest. I have not been following along with Jacksonville State's camp. Yeah, I have So either. I don't know if, if Smothers is emerging. Uh, maybe you have some details on that. You can fill me in. But as of right now, I think the last depth chart that I looked at, he was backing up the redshirt senior that's there. So all I've got is some things that are saying Logan Smothers is emerging. As oh, of okay. Lo- so there it is. I asked if somebody knew if he was emerging. Uh, yeah. So that's, I don't know if he's going to actually start or not. But all right, I'm going to look up the depth chart. He appears to be at least in the hunt. So, the 2023 Jacksonville State depth chart shows Zion Webb currently as the starter, redshirt senior. Wow, I'm good. Um, But, I I don't know what's going on in Jacksonville. Yeah, the problem with a lot of those depth charts is they're sort of just educated guessing, especially this time of the year. I don't know. And especially at a place like Jacksonville State, where I, I imagine they have a bit less media scrutiny than Nebraska does. Um, and we don't even totally know the depth chart at Nebraska yet, right? I mean, we do for quarterback, but there's a lot of spots that are mm-hmm. still kind of up in the air. So um, that's probably a, an educated guess and, and probably a decent guess, but it wouldn't shock me if that changes. I would love to see it. Yeah, it'd be terrific. You know, week zero, yeah. give me another game to watch. For sure. Let's see I, a little Smothers action. You know, I, I always – I like to root for the guys that end up leaving Nebraska most of the time unless, you know, they do it under weird circumstances. But for the most part, these guys that just either couldn't get through the you – know, like a log jam at the position or it just wasn't a good fit for them, typically wish them the best. You know, I – he – Never got any indication that he was anything but a good kid. And, you know, you hope that he has a mm-hmm. successful career and, and finds kind of the experience he's looking for out of college football, you know? Yeah, so yesterday, this also had me thinking, um, when DB showed up, mm-hmm. uh, we were going to do the sports six-pack. Never ended up doing that yeah, we because he presented us with, um, with a way to, like, really listen, mm-hmm. right? 
from our perspective because we talk a lot, but how often do we listen from other fans out there mm-hmm. and um, like think, okay, how do you perceive this sure. bit of information? And so I was on when I was on the podcast with the boys last night. They asked me about my my expectation or preseason expectation of the matchup against Minnesota, mm-hmm. the week one matchup against Minnesota. And I, uh, I started talking through it a little bit, and I gave my piece of how I think that, you know, they are at a little bit of an advantage because they uh, – because Minnesota doesn't have a lot of detail on what they're actually mm-hmm. going to see. But I said at the same time, Nebraska's at a disadvantage because we haven't seen this team play yet. Like, we right. haven't seen them on the football field. Yeah. So I'm kind of in that, like, state of mind where I would probably take Nebraska to cover – in this game, but I don't know if I'd have them all all out winning. Like I'd give them the seven and a half points, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I feel confident enough yet to say like, hey, they're going to win this game. Yeah, because we don't know what Nebraska's going to look like either. Is the right. other thing right? Because yeah, I just don't know what when they step onto the field. Are we going to get everything that Coach Rule has been talking about, or is it still a work in progress? Yeah, is our growing pains going yeah. to show? So. It's, I mean, there's definitely going to be growing pains, right? right? It's just what are they, how right. dramatic are they? So we're talking about these expectations, and it's funny because after I was done, you kind of had, like, a few of the guys chime in, and then it just seemed like unanim- unanimously, mm-hmm. after some deliberation, many in the room just sighed and said, I don't know. Yeah. I and, don't- and it's like that I don't know feeling yeah. all around. Because isn't it funny, no matter how much you talk about the matchup, the way it all ends up, uh, the the thing that fans settle on is, I don't know. Like, there's so many ways this game could go. Seven and, a half, mm-hmm. seven and a half is a lot of points. But as we talked about body language yesterday mm-hmm. and reading the body language of the staff, um, feeling whether it's positively or negatively about uh, what the staff and players were saying this offseason – if it can change expectation, that conversation last night had me thinking long and hard on the I don't know. And we just really won't know until we just see the product on the field. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I really think it's a – I mean, I don't know is the right answer, to be fair. You know, I may have – you know, like we talked about with DB yesterday, my – feeling of it being six and six or seven and five and I think I said seven and five um was part of that is I don't think it's that hard to win six games in college football I just really don't and so with how things are scheduled yeah with with you know you've got some non-conference schedules you've the Big Ten West is not a juggernaut obviously there's winnable games there especially with Northwestern this year that's a game you have to get Purdue's in transition, that's a game you probably need to get. And all of a sudden, if you only win your non-con and those two games, you're at five. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. And then what's the swing game? Is right. the swing game so Iowa? Just, is the swing game Minnesota? You've got one or two games to get. Or you've got seven Illinois. games to get one or two, right? And as much as I like Illinois, they're not a juggernaut. As much as Iowa is – it has been really solid as a program. Obviously, Nebraska beat them last year, mm-hmm. so that's not a an unwinnable game. And the, and Iowa's almost never scary looking, right? Like they are. And always, Maryland has a scary quarterback, but, but the rest of the roster. What else does that look? Yeah, like? Yeah, the rest of the roster is kind of eh. even. You know, Wisconsin, who a lot of people like, is still a team in flux, right? They're installing a new offense. They've got a new head coach. They've got a new quarterback. 
like they're a team that is in transition as well. So you look at all these teams in the West, and you're telling me they can't get, you know, one or two more games out of that? Like I, I just – it doesn't seem that hard to me, especially – and I use this example all the time. Like Lovey Smith fell his way into six wins at Illinois. Like, he accidentally won six games at Illinois. That man did he not. He didn't accidentally win that game last year to give the Bears the number one pick, though. He, he did went not. for two. He did not. Um, that man did not want to be in college football. He had no interest in being in a, at Illinois. He was just cashing a paycheck. And my dude still accidentally won six games in the Big Ten West. Like, it is not climbing Mount Everest to win six games. And I think because of what we've experienced in Nebraska the last six years, all of a sudden – Making a bowl game seems like this huge accomplishment, and at this point, it's great progress for the program, but it is not that hard. Let's not talk ourselves into it is this Herculean effort to win six games and make a bowl game. That's part of why I think if you have a functional coaching staff, it's very doable. Bless you. Whew. Tried to get Poor that timing there, huh? Tried to get that <laughs> microphone out of the way as soon as possible. Whew. Got me. But, yeah, that's – that's a lot of why I believe six or seven wins is possible mm-hmm. is because I just don't think it's that hard. Well, and even Coach Rule said yesterday on, on Sports Nightly, now we got to hear him there. We got to hear Coach Satterfield after practice. Also, Barrett Liebentritt and Ethan Piper, uh, which I didn't get too much out of uh, the actual practice audio. No. But listening to Coach Rule in Sports Nightly is just always – like you should have seen – like did you actually pull it up on YouTube – Sports Nightly, like the the actual show, and see the comment section? No, I didn't. It was blowing up. Really? And just like excitement. You can tell that fans know that football season is eight days away for Nebraska. You can just tell. They are all in to hear their coach talk. Yeah. And they were there to stay on that interview. But that's beside the point. What I heard from Coach yesterday is along those same lines – it's not about results right now. It's about the process. Mm-hmm. And he said the worst thing you can do is go into year two and it still be year one. Yeah. And so that had me thinking about, though, what he said when he first came to Nebraska and saying that he doesn't feel like it's going to be a slow burn. Yeah. He feels like that they're already at that year two point. So I almost wonder if him saying that is him actually talking about this year. He's saying the worst thing that you can do in year two, which in, in Matt Rule's year one is technically year two in his mind, mm-hmm. the worst thing you can do is it still feels like last year. Yeah. And so moving forward from that, that's why he talks about the process mm-hmm. more than he talks about the results right now. Because if he can get these guys to just continually buy into that process, mm-hmm. you can steal a few games throughout this season. I told the boys this last night too. They asked me what a successful season would be for Coach Rule. In his mind, what would be a a successful season? In Coach Rule's mind, I honestly believe if he feels like he got the best out of his guys for eight games this year, Mm -hmm. that's a successful season in his mind. You don't have to win all eight games. Right. Most of the time, you'll play your best football, and and sometimes it's just – not on your side yeah, that like day, Michigan's right? better than Nebraska. Right. Like, you could play your best football game against Michigan. Mm-hmm. Unless Michigan also plays poorly, you're not beating them, mm-hmm. right? Which is possible. Right. Michigan might play poorly. You might play really well. 
But your A game this year does not beat Michigan's A game, and right. that's okay for right now. Right. So you could find your way into the loss column just because of that. But if you yeah. could get eight games where these guys are playing out of their mind when they're playing their best football, you'll win six games. Oh, for sure. You'll win six. Yeah. And that's I, – I, I really believe is the expectation for Coach Rule. He wants to get at least eight games where these guys – he gets – a hundred percent out of his guys. Well, and you look at look at the year twos in the past for Rule at Temple, at Baylor. Where are they at? They're right at that six seven win mark that I was talking about. If he believes this is year two or feels more like a year two, then why shouldn't I believe that also? Right? In terms of the number of wins that he's getting at, this is while it is a big build, it's nowhere near the spot that he was in before with Temple and Baylor. Like that's clear to me. We have a lot to get to today on the show. We'll get more into thoughts from Coach Rule from yesterday's Sports Nightly interview. We'll get into some of the practice audio. Creighton is a national title contender again. We will talk about that. We will catch up with Brian Christofferson, Kevin Suits, Paul Keels from Ohio State, and Cynthia Freeland. We'll also get into news surrounding former President Ted Carter, I should say. He's current right now, but he'll soon be former. We'll do that all throughout the show. Heard at Sports Radio, every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.